This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Did you know that over 85% of cybersecurity breaches happen due to human error? Employees at organizations across the world are too often looked at as the problem instead of the solution. The Living Security Human Risk Management Platform leverages behavioral science, gamification, and a Hollywood-style production to provide training that is 16 times more effective than its competitors. Living Security can help your organization turn your biggest asset, your people, into your best defense against cybersecurity breaches. Check out Living Security by visiting livingsecurity.com to learn more. Thank you, Living Security, for sponsoring this episode. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to share a quote by Albert Einstein. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Our guest this episode is the epitome of trying new things and not being distracted by setbacks and using that as an opportunity to get closer to mastery. Our guest this episode is Chris Hughes. Chris is a CISO and co-founder at Acquia and also an instructor of cybersecurity and podcast host. He has many interests and overcomes so many challenges and shares his perspective of mindset this episode. I'm sure you'll love this one, so let's jump right into it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. And I feel like this episode is a bit long overdue. We've known our guests that we have in the studio with us today for quite some time through LinkedIn, but it is an honor and a pleasure to be speaking with Chris Hughes. Chris is the CISO and co-founder of Acquia and also the host of the Resilient Cyber Podcast. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here with you all. Chris, beyond excited to have this conversation because I feel like a lot like us, you're not following any particular blueprint in cybersecurity. You're out there in no man's land doing your own thing, making a difference. But first, for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Yeah, definitely. So Chris Hughes here. I've been in cyber, you know, almost 20 years. I started off in active duty Air Force, you know, left there and worked in the, the industry side as a defense contractor for some time and ended up a, a civil service employee actually with the, the Navy for about four and a half years uh, doing cloud security and such for the Navy. And then I went from there to uh, another agency uh, called General Services Administration that handles FedRAMP. I'm sure, you know, you know many of you are familiar with FedRAMP. I was a technical representative on behalf of GSA to FedRAMP and then went from there and worked in various industry roles, uh, supporting programs across the DOD and the federal civilian government. And then ultimately just decided to you know, take a leap of faith and co-found my own company focused on cloud uh, security, DevSecOps and cyber in the, in the public sector, basically. But outside of that, I also teach at a couple of universities. Capital Technology University and uh, University of Maryland Global Campus and their graduate cybersecurity programs co-host a show, like you mentioned, uh, as well, Resilient Cyber Podcast. And then also, I actually am involved with industry working groups like Cloud Security Alliance and Cloud Native Computing Foundation, and just passionate about all things cloud and cyber and, and, and the community, honestly. So you're basically bored all the time because you don't do 
anything at all. Well, well, I uh, <laughs> I have I have four kids, man. I have a seven year old, a five year old, a three year old, and a three month old. So they keep me busy. But uh, you know, wow. outside of that, yeah, I stay busy in the professional space too. <laughs> No, that's outstanding. You know, one thing that I wanted to really talk about is a lot like us, you have your hands in a lot of different pots. You're an instructor, you're an entrepreneur, you're a father. So what is really driving you to do all of these things? Is there something that really piqued your interest when you started in the field that is inspiring you to do all this work? What is really driving all of that? I'd say there's a, a couple things, you know, one is, uh, I mentioned being a father, right? So, you know, being a young man before being a father, you know, I kind of just drifted in the career field a bit, you know, took the traditional career path and I liked the career field, but I didn't really push myself too much, you know? Uh, but then when I had kids and, you know, I realized I need to step it up. I need to take things more seriously. I have people depending on me. Uh, and that gave me a lot of drive to really push myself and see what I could do. And then also you mentioned like the non-traditional career path. You know, I did have a traditional career path in the sense of going to the military and falling into cyber and just working that. Uh, but I kind of stuck to the traditional route of working within an organization, you know, trying to trying to climb within an organization. I didn't really engage with the community outside of that organization. Um, and when I started to do that, I realized just how big the cyber community was, you know, via LinkedIn and, and other avenues. And it really sparked that interest and that fire for me too, to engage with people and see what they're learning, what they're up to and how I can learn from them, how I can help them learn. And it just really sparked that interest and, from, and grew from there, honestly. Everything that I'm hearing is like, I want to be like Chris when I grow up. You're instructing. <laughs> you're part of all these cloud alliances. You have your own company. I'm sure that anyone listening really aspires to be those things, to be independent in such a way to where you have this freedom and autonomy to do all the things that you're doing. But I'm sure that comes with a price like time and resources. How do you manage all of these things? How do you keep all of this going? Honestly, it's, uh, you know, we, we talked about the military. A lot of it comes from there. Just, you know, the time management aspect. Uh, I'm still someone that gets up at, you know, 5 a.m. and knock things out before my family wakes up, like working out and, uh, you know, training jujitsu and things of that nature. And then, you know, being busy with work during the day and, and just time boxing, you know, and then spend time with my family. And then when the kids are back to bed, you know, I may be doing some writing or reading or grading papers or just learning, you know, touching a book and things like that. But uh, it hasn't been all glamour and glitz and, and freedom. You know, there's been a lot of uh, failure and shut down and, you know, uh, things along the way, you know, uh, rejections for jobs and failures of certification exams, you know, things that you don't see on the highlight reel of, of social media, honestly. You just said a hot button topic for me. I didn't know you did jujitsu. How long have you been doing jujitsu? Uh, it's been about three and a half years, I'd say. Uh, I did uh, take a little bit of time off after I first started, but I've been at it now consistently for easily uh, two and a half years or so, I'd say. You know, it's funny, you talk about failure and challenges, and I feel like the jujitsu gym is really one of those places where you have to deal with failure quite often, several times a practice, but you keep going, you keep, you stay consistent, you keep trying, you get better and better and better. And so that's one of those lessons that I think transfers to careers, to cybersecurity, really, really simply. What, would, what has been the biggest learning for you when you look at the different things that you're doing, whether you're starting a podcast or starting jujitsu, what are some of the, the key takeaways and what's the story behind one of those key takeaways that you could share for everybody today? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, 
you know, you touched on a lot of things right there that it really resonates with me. The jujitsu thing, for one, you know, I I I always have exercised and been more muscular kind of thing, and I went in there uh, with an ego and quickly got humbled uh, by people a lot smaller, not necessarily as strong as I am, but you know, they've been training harder and have better technique, and you get humbled real quick, and you realize you're going to fail over and over and over again. And initially, it's a big bruise to your ego, but over time, you realize it's okay. Just you know, keep going, brush yourself off, keep going. And the same thing, honestly, in the professional sense, like uh, there's an individual named Jarek Beeson that made a post yesterday about failing a certification exam. And I dropped a note on there how, you know, a lot of people associate me with cloud and cloud security and really, you know, being a thought leader, they use the term, you know, uh, but I failed, you know, several AWS exams along the way, you know, I failed Azure exams along the way. Uh, the thing is like, I learned to just brush it off and keep going. Uh, and and I've all, another thing I've realized too, is like, Everyone else is just figuring it out just like you. Like you might look at and think, man, like that, that person really just has it all figured out. They're so amazing. Uh, I wish I was like them. But when you start to get to know the people via LinkedIn or podcasting or just having conversations, uh, you realize that everyone else is just another, another person just like you who's you know struggling and failing and learning along the way. And it's just a journey that everyone's on and you start to realize everyone's the same. So take us a little bit into your mindset. It sounds like it's almost like you're just going to continue forward no matter what. But I'm sure there's more components that really make up that mindset of like, just keep moving forward and, and doing your best. What are some of the, the mantras that you have or the habits that you have that allow you to reach this level of mindset and overcome that type of failure? Yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, some, some, overarching themes, you know, I think discipline is a big one. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Jocko Willink for those familiar with him, uh, and just being oh, yeah. disciplined in your behavior, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, that can pay off big time. I've also, you know, not to get too personal, but I grew up in a, in a difficult environment, you know, personally in, in my home life, you know, being young and, and that forced me to be a really resilient individual and go through some things that, uh, you know, seemed terrible at the time, but looking back, they taught me to be resilient and just overcome hardship. And I'm thankful for those. Outside of that is just being persistent and, uh, you know, there's, uh, just keep showing up every day, you know, and whether it's creating content or learning or reading or taking an exam or trying to pr uh, progress in your, you know, uh, professional life, those kind of things. And then also, uh, there's a, a big, you know, meme I've seen floating around of someone on a stage, like juggling glass plates, right. And everyone's amazed by it, but behind that person, there's mounds of like shattered plates and it, for every, you know, for every success we see, uh, you know, on, on social media or like whatever the case is, uh, that person has had so many failures along the way and, and hardships and rejections and things like that. And just understanding that that's part of the journey and, you know, not letting that discourage you along the way can really, can really be powerful. It's part of the journey and show up every day. That's something that we try to embody both Ron and myself, you know, and that goes for anything. If you're trying to be great at jujitsu, continue to show up at jujitsu. If you want to be a great podcaster, keep podcasting and just don't stop. And eventually you'll get to your optimum level. You may not be the best podcaster in the world, but you'll be the best podcaster that you can be. And I know you just similarly took that journey into podcasting. Would love to hear a little bit about that journey and where you're at today. Yeah, definitely. Um, just on that note, you know, I love that you highlighted like, you know, the perspective of focusing on yourself, right? Because it can be easy to start to try to compare yourself with someone else, whether at Jiu-Jitsu or in, your, in a professional endeavor. And that's something that really stands out to me too, because, you know, I'm a father of four. I have a lot of things going on in my professional life. You know, maybe I'm not able to train five nights or six nights a week, like some of the people I train with, you know, just putting in perspective where I'm at on my journey, am I getting better and letting that be my focus. And then same thing on the professional front, you know, each one, each person has a different, unique journey, things that they may be dealing with uh, opportunities that they may or may not have had. 
So just focusing on yourself and, and that can really be powerful, I, I think too, as well. But on the podcasting front, you know, I started a show called Resilient Cyber Podcast. And ironically enough, I actually started it because I heard an episode. It was like, I want to say it was near Christmas time. It, yeah, it had to have been 2019. And it was uh, you guys actually, I think along with uh, Sheesh who hosts uh, Cloud Security Podcast and one other individual was on the show. And you were all were talking about podcasting and encouraging uh, people if they're interested to just give it a go and give it a try. And that's basically what I did. I approached uh, another individual, uh, Dr. Nikki Robinson, who's my co-host, uh, super smart, double doctorate. And she brings a different perspective than myself. And we just got going with the Resilient Cyber Podcast. Uh, we went through our first, I want to say 24 episodes. We're getting ready to pick back up here again for season two. And it's been wow. such a journey. It's been such a journey, man, because like I tell you, you're intimidated at first and then you start talking to everyone and you realize like, you know, maybe the, learn the listeners are learning, but I'm learning so much just by having the conversations with people that I'm interested in, what, what they're doing, what they know, things that they've experienced, you know, and it really has just been a journey and an experience for myself to sit there and have conversations with people. One of the things that we also mentioned we were going to talk about is breaking into cybersecurity and also making a brand for yourself in cybersecurity or even just in general. And, you know, with all of these endeavors that you have going on, podcasting, founding a company, being a father, I'm sure you have many personas and you try to, like, manage these personas. So if I were a random person asking about Chris, how would you describe him? Uh, that's actually a really great question. Um, and, and it's ironically enough, like you use the term persona and, and it can be stressful in my opinion, if you try to maintain a persona, uh, what I found it's easier to do is just be like your authentic self. You know, you hear personal branding and just show up and be who you are. Like it, you know, that's going to resonate with people a lot more than trying to maintain a certain image, you know, whether online or, you know, in person or professionally, if you just be yourself and, you know, the humility that comes along with that and the vulnerability that comes along with that, that really resonates with people in my opinion. And then on the career front, you know, as far as breaking into the career field, uh, there's a lot, you know, things we can talk about that uh, on that front. You know, I teach at a couple of different universities, but I'm actually a huge proponent of non-traditional education too, when it comes to cybersecurity and, and trying to, you know, fix our workforce issue that we've heard about for so long. Uh, you know, people should be using uh, non-traditional education. You know, you can use Udemy and ACloud Guru and uh, Pluralsight and all these learning avenues that we have, LinkedIn Learning. There's so many ways to learn now and it's so affordable and, and easy to access from, you know, a mobile device, computer, you could read a book and we need to adjust, you know, hiring uh, guidelines appropriately to allow people to have that opportunity, in my opinion. You know, the great thing about what you're saying is that we believe that so wholeheartedly that you don't have to necessarily go to a four year program to get into cybersecurity or learn technology. I mean, you can do that if that's the way you want to learn. If you want to get that degree, go get it. But there's so many other avenues to learn and grow. And one of the most important things that we found is really reaching out to people and finding mentors, finding people that are able to teach you things in a short amount of time. They can distill things down into a way that that you can understand pretty quickly. And one of the beautiful things about doing stuff like this, like doing content, reaching out and, and having that personal brand, like you're saying, is that you have access to more of those people. So whatever endeavor that you're looking into, martial arts, sports, hobbies, cybersecurity, you can shorten that learning curve by having that network. Is that something that's been instrumental in your world? And could you give us a story about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no doubt about it. Like I haven't gotten where I am without the help of others along the way. And the, the strange thing is in, in the world we live in now with social media, you know, avenues like LinkedIn and things like that, you can sometimes have a, a mentor without them even realizing that they're being mentored by them, right? Directly. Uh, you just follow their content. You read, you know, things that they share. For example, I've read, you know, a lot of content from an individual named uh, Gary Hayslip, uh, who you guys likely know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read several of his books and, you know, just follow them on LinkedIn. And then one time I, I was at a career uh, crossroad and I just randomly reached out to him with, you know, looking for advice and boom, he just, he responded within a day and, and gave me like a really detailed response and really uh, great feedback. And it was something that really helped me, you know, and I've taken that along with like all the interactions I have with people via LinkedIn, the conversations I'm having, uh, seeing how people are doing things, their, you know, what they've I- experienced, you know, challenges they've encountered, how they've overcome them. And all that's really just helped uh, cultivate my, my approach to the career field, honestly. I love that you mentioned Gary and just being kind of a, a, a mentee to him in indirect ways. And we've had many guests reach out to us and say, hey, Ron and Chris, I got this new job and I got it because I listened to your podcast. And it was re- really incredible to hear those types of things because we don't know the impact that we have unless we take that first step and try to create content, try to start conversations, or just try to be the practitioners and content creators that we can be. What are you doing from a mentorship perspective? How are you giving back outside of the podcast and instructing? Uh, so, uh, you know, mentioned instructing, like I do a lot with uh, students and then uh, as they leave, you know, the courses I teach, I give them advice, you know, help them break into the career field or advance their career. But honestly, just by being so active on LinkedIn, uh, I've had so many people reach out and ask for career advice and things like that. And I've been able to help people, you know, guide them, whether it's a certain, you know, learning path they want to go on with like a certification or a cloud service provider, or they're targeting a certain kind of role within the cyber career field that they're really interested in, or they want to get to the next level and pursue like an executive level role. Uh, giving feedback in that way. And then honestly, it's a, it's a reciprocal relationship in my opinion. Like, you know, not only can be a mentor, but as far as a mentee, you got to be willing to show up and, and do the work. So when someone tells me, like, if I come to them and ask for advice, you know, as a mentee, I'm willing to do the work that they are laying out, the advice that they lay out, if it makes sense and it's logical, I'm willing to show up and do that work. And I think that could be really powerful too. Uh, one other thing I've tried to do via LinkedIn is like, I've tried to share, you know, cause it, it's easy for people to look at, you know, someone further along the journey and say, oh, I really wish I could just have that. It must be so nice. Uh, I, and everything seems so easy. I've really tried to, you know, peel that curtain back and I, it isn't uncommon for me to do like a write-up on how I failed an exam or how I didn't get a job or like, you know, something like that along the way. And it's funny when I do that. I've had so many people say like, you know, either directly on a comment or message me and say, man, it's so relieving to hear that. Like I've had similar experiences, but no one ever talks about it. You feel ashamed of, uh, about having a failure or, you know, a setback or rejection and just being that, that, you know, honest person and sharing that can go a long way. You're completely right. You know, just yesterday I was on security weekly doing one of their segments and one of the hosts said, you know, everything that you do, you make it seem so easy. But we try to share just as much about how things are tough and how much we're trying, like we're putting effort into everything that we do. We're super meticulous about speaking, about asking questions, about podcast production, imagery, like there's so much that goes into the practice of everything that we're doing. And that's not even including any of the cybersecurity stuff. So we try to, to show people that there is no real magic. It might seem magical, but we try to show you how to do the magic trick over time, is there anything about what you're doing that you wish you could tell everybody just to to say, hey, this isn't magic. This is something that you can do today if only you put the time and effort into it. 
Yeah. The biggest thing I would say is honestly, just get started. Like, you know, it seems intimidating to, to apply for the job you want or pursue the kind of role you want or to start a podcast or, you know, whatever the case to be vocal on LinkedIn and try to be a, a content creator, whatever it is you're trying to pursue, just get started. Like you don't have to have it all figured out, you know, right out the gate. Uh, it, everything is not going to be perfect. It, you know, if you went back and listened to, I bet you like the first few shows you guys did versus now, I bet you the polish, the caliber of the show, the quality of conversations is probably night and day. And I'm not meaning that in an insultful way. Yeah. How dare uh, you? But, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, just get started. That's how, I and mean, there's no better way that, to learn than to just get started. So just get started. And that really can take you so far. Yes. And you know what? You're right. If you went back and listened to episode one, it would be completely different. <laughs> In fact, we didn't have the same name. It was called something else. And if you want to hear what the name was, go back to episode one. <laughs> you know, one of the things that you mentioned a bit ago was showing up and being your authentic self. And I think that this is an, a, a very inspiring suggestion. But it's really hard to do, especially when you're still developing into an, an expert or a practitioner or someone that has an opinion on a topic. You know, when you think back and look back at yourself when you were first becoming an entrepreneur, a podcaster, how did you maintain being true to yourself while getting into the unknown? That's definitely a, a great question. You know, there's a dichotomy there, no, but no doubt about it. Like learning, you know, the way things operate, you know, the way people's uh, personalities are in the professional uh, environment, you know, it's definitely an art to it. Um, you know, you definitely want to be your authentic self, but you have to understand like norms and, and the way things uh, tend to operate within certain environments too. Um, so honestly, it's just learning that, like, I, I guess, you know, looking back is, has been learning that throughout the process and, and seeing like, how can I best show up and be myself, but still, you know, recognize that there are certain things in play within certain environments and, and whether it's, you know, at a company or on a social media platform or whatever the case is, uh, and just learning that along the way and, and kind of incorporating that and how you can, you know, show up in a way that you feel prideful of and, and you're comfortable with, but also, you know, aligns with the way people tend to operate within a platform or within an organization. I hope that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And it makes me think of another question when it comes to output versus input with Cybersecurity, cloud security, there's a lot that you have to ingest because things are changing so rapidly. And for output, like you're doing and working on different things, you're experimenting. For me, it's a bit of ebb and flow. When I'm in output mode, I'm really focused on output, honing that craft, craftsperson's mindset. But then I switch somewhere around a few months in and then now I'm in ingest mode where I'm reading, I'm pondering, I'm taking things in, I'm listening to other people. And then I just kind of go back and forth. Do you have a similar philosophy? Is it something that you try to balance on a day-to-day -day basis? How do you do that, that balance between input and output? Yeah, I was actually going to say, I, I love the the concept. I will say like my cycles in terms of ebbing and flowing between like input and output are definitely shorter. So you might follow me and say like, oh, Chris shared this great thing, you know, from Cloud Security Alliance about, you know, cloud misconfigurations or, or whatever the case is, Kubernetes content, whatever the content is. And what it is, is like, as I'm constantly learning, because it does change so fast and it can be really daunting to try to keep up with things. And at some point you have to realize you're not going to know everything for sure that you have to accept that for you know, step one. But, you know, as I'm learning and reading something, I turn around and I basically share it and try to synopsize it, you know, so that people can have a summary and take away from what, what the content is and, and either get their interest so they can dig deeper or just walk away with like a high level understanding of what something was. And honestly, like that method of learning and then sharing has really helped 
solidify my understanding of things. So if I do an article for like CSO online or different websites that I write for, I'm doing a deep dive on a topic and I really learn a lot about it. And I turn around and write about it, which in my opinion, like, you know, to be able to teach something, you have to really understand it. And so that kind of learning and teaching uh, ebb and flow, as you put it, is what really has been powerful for me. Couldn't agree more. And one of the things that we like to quote is Jim Quick. He has a great quote. If you teach it, you get to learn it twice. So it's really valuable and helpful for everyone if you teach something because you get that information, but also someone else gets that information. And, you know, on that same point, we always like to talk about learning types. It seems like you are someone that is constantly taking in new information and and putting it back out there. What are your preferred ways to learn and what are your preferred ways to also give information back? Honestly, I'm a big fan of writing, which is interesting because as a kid, I never would have been a a big fan of like reading and writing a lot. You know, I probably dreaded it in school, but as I've gotten older, (laughs) you know, I've just really become a fan of digesting content through reading because I can do it at my own speed. If I'm listening to something, I may have to, you know, I I tend to speed things up, like listen at 1.5 X or even 2 (laughs) X. But if I'm reading, I can read at my own speed and then turn around and and write something, you know, at my own speed as well. Uh, So I'm definitely a, a, a learner in that sense of reading and writing. And I prefer those, uh, those mediums. But that said, I love, um, you know, speaking to folks and watching video content. And then of course, depending on the topic, you know, like if it's something super technical, like say Kubernetes, uh, there's no way of getting around of, you know, getting your hands dirty and being hands-on with like, you know, virtual labs and things of that nature where you can uh, kind of reinforce your learning via muscle memory, for example. One of the questions I dropped on Ron very early on in podcasting, pushed him back into his seat. And I'm going to ask it now because I think you can handle the question. With all the things that you're doing with education and content and putting that knowledge out into the world, what does the word legacy mean to you? That's a powerful question. Um, You know, I talked about being a father and, uh, you know, to tie it back to it being a personal thing for me, like legacy really has nothing to do with being in the professional sense, like my professional uh, outlet and activities really is all just facilitated by the fact that I'm a father of four and a husband. You know, me growing up, I didn't I didn't have a father. So it's really powerful for me to try to be the best father I can, the best husband I can, and leave the best uh, example for my children and put them in a better position than I was growing up. Uh, so me, that's what legacy means to me is like, you know, I've, I've had people like, and last week I posted a picture of my family and, you know, people mentioned, messaged me and said like, I don't know how you find the time to do all you do. Like, you know, it's, it's really incredible. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But as I said, as a young man, I was aimless. I was directionless. Like I didn't have a, a why. And then I became a father and it became very clear, very quick. Like I have a purpose now. And, you know, this professional endeavor and things I do on the professional side all ties to my personal life and the, and the role of being a father and a husband. That resonates so much with me because I had a very similar situation. I didn't have it near as well as my kids have it today. And that driving force is I'm never going back there. Today is my birthday. So I just put out a post about that kid, that kid that that didn't have much. He got made fun of. People called him loser, counted him out, didn't think he was going to amount to anything. But here I am living out my dream. So that has to be something special for you to be able to give to your kids, to give them this different reality, to give them access to resources and give them a life that you didn't have. If you want to just take a moment and just let us know how that makes you feel and what that really means to you at the end of the day. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really incredible to be able to put them in a better position, you know, than I was. Um, but I will say it's it's an interesting dichotomy, and I'm sure many people can relate to this. Uh, if you did have a tough upbringing, right, and maybe you're in a better financial or uh, economic situation or just social situation than you were growing up, it's kind of a balancing act because you want to put them in a good position. Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the hardships and things that I faced made me a more resilient individual. So if I also recognize that like, if I make things too easy and I don't let them uh, face adversity and hardship within you know, safe tolerance, right? They may not have that level of resilience and you know self-sufficiency when they grow up as well. Uh, so I feel like it's a balancing act to you know try to give them the best life you can and the best opportunities you can, but also let them face adversity and hardship uh, within you know a, a level of safety that wouldn't be detrimental, <laughs> obviously to too much of a, deg- a degree. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. There's someone that's listening right now that knows that. In cybersecurity and even in life, you have to have this mental agility to handle what life throws at you. But the other word for that is something that I think you speak volumes about, and that's resiliency, being resilient in your life, in your career. If you had one piece of wisdom to bestow on everyone today about being resilient in life, what would that piece of wisdom be? Ah, that's, uh, I I don't know if I'll uh, put it in as well of an elegant way as I'd like, but honestly, like I mentioned, just keep showing up, you know, uh, I faced a lot of hardships throughout throughout the journey. Like uh, 2020 was a big year for me professionally. Like I started a business, started a podcast, but I also lost my mom last year. And so that was something I faced, you know, that I still was able to take and, and continue on professionally. Uh, so just keep showing up, you know, no matter how bad you think things are, the reality is most of the time, uh, the best way to make things better is through your own personal effort. Uh, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, no one's coming to save you. You know, you may have friends and family who can help you out, but ultimately you have to uh, pull yourself up and, uh, you know, make, make things better on your own a lot of, in a lot of ways. So just keep pushing on and things will get better. I think you said it perfectly. So sorry to hear about your mom, but thank you so much for taking the time to sit on the mics with us today and talk about some of these tough subjects. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the incredible things that you have going on in your world, what are the best ways that people can do that? I would definitely say LinkedIn. Uh, you know, Chris Hughes on LinkedIn, uh, incredibly active on there. You know, I, I really uh, love the community and getting to interact with everyone, whether, you know, I'm asking them for advice or they're asking me for advice, or we're just having conversation about things that we're both experiencing within different environments we're working and operating in. Uh, so you can find me on there and then also on the Resilient Cyber Podcast, as we mentioned. Uh, definitely be kicking that up here again in a couple of weeks. So I look forward to people tuning in and, and look forward to connecting on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. We will be sure to drop all of those links in the show notes. Thank you for being a guest on our show and also being a great figure and mentor in the space. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.